Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time again for Focus this morning. We're talking to Angie Adams, the CEO of Pencil. Welcome to Focus. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to see you again. And it's been how many, 40, 50 years now? Seems like. <laughs> it has been uh, five or six years in the whole pre-COVID world since we got a chance to speak. And I was telling somebody the other day that it seems like it's either been like 10 years or it's all been one big year, one big long year. Right. The, the days kind of go. Exactly. Because everything feels like Groundhog's Day. <laughs> right. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Okay, so we're starting fresh, okay? We're going to tell people, first of all, what Pencil is, who they serve, who they help, and if there are challenges that you guys need us to step up and help, how we can help, and then how we can get help if we need it. Absolutely. Okay. So Pencil is a nonprofit organization that was created 40 years ago. We are now the big 4-0, <laughs> and we were created by several leaders in the business community and some women from the League of Women Voters. Oh, to actually engage the business community with Metro Nashville public school students. And that is still the work we do today. Well, how's it going? You know, it is going great. I will say, especially during COVID, our community has really understood the value of our public education system and that it's really tough for mom and dad to go to work if kids can't go to school. Yeah. So I think it's heightened the awareness of the role public education plays in our community across all sectors. And so we've had such a huge outpouring of support. It's been incredible. And the schools are ready to just welcome all of that love and attention. I love hearing that. I was almost afraid to ask you that question. How has COVID affected Pencil? I'm so proud to hear our community has stepped up and recognized the need and the importance of education. What has changed in the past few years? And how can we keep that ball rolling that direction? So I'll say we were founded really on the belief that human interaction is incredibly important and that students can learn and business leaders can learn from engaging with one another, whether you're a first grader and a banker or an 11th grader and a mathematician. Um, And so it's been a little bit difficult to have that engagement, as you can well imagine, during COVID. So we've uh, transitioned and done a lot of that engagement virtually, Mm -hmm. which is a beautiful thing in the sense that it was really difficult to get people to sometimes go to schools that were in outlying areas of the county, and Mm -hmm. it is a big county. So now all students have equitable access when you're talking about virtual engagements Mm -hmm. and virtual mentorship, which is great. And you said equitable access. How important is that? And what does that mean? You know, Dr. Battle, our superintendent, is very focused on every student known and getting every student what he or she needs to succeed, mm-hmm. which one student doesn't, doesn't necessarily need what the other one needs. One student needs a pencil and a notebook. Another student needs an advocate and a cheerleader in their corner. And so we are here to figure out what do individual schools need, and then those schools share with us what their students need, and wow. we work to recruit resources from the community to meet those needs. And you said every child being known. Exactly. Because they could sometimes feel like they're a nameless, faceless kid. They're just one of the students. One of 85,000 students. And, you know, what I think is beautiful is we often think, well, those those kids need our help and they do. But we can also think about those kids have so much to offer us. They speak over 130 languages. Wouldn't you love to be fluent in a couple of languages? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wouldn't you love to have the cultural awareness and knowledge that so many of our students come with? Mm -hmm. And so for those students to have exposure to someone like you and think, wow, I could be 
a radio host, Mm -hmm. I could actually learn about recording equipment. That opens up a whole new future for a student who suddenly might pay a little more attention in school Mm -hmm. than they did before they saw that future for themselves. You should see her eyes as she's speaking to me. She's so earnest and, (laughs) and I feel like well, I need to get a kid in here into the production room. (laughs) (laughs) You can even do that virtually. Isn't that cool? That is very cool. I love that. So how did we get them all to have access? So we create both video content as well as creating platforms where um, teachers can book sessions with business professionals online. And then we can effectively Zoom someone into a classroom to speak to students Also, we're doing virtual tutoring one-to-one. So if you have time and want to nurture a special relationship with a student and really guide them in reading, then that's an opportunity that we manage and make available. Mm -hmm. Um, If that's not your thing, but you love the smell of crayons, and who doesn't, let's be honest, (laughs) then we actually have a 13,000-square-foot warehouse where we manage about $3 million worth of supplies a year that we distribute to Metro Nashville schools and students so that every student has equitable access to the basics they need to succeed in the classroom. And equitable access means they have equal access. Right. So you might need a pencil and a notebook today. Your neighbor next door might need crayons and a glue stick. And so we want to make sure that we're meeting those needs. Yeah. Someone might need literacy support, but someone else might need a spark of what do they want to do when they're an adult? What's their vocation? They don't know. But if they talk to you as a physician or an attorney or a banker, then suddenly something's going to click and they see a future vision of themselves. I've heard that many times that people as adults say one of their teachers, one of their mentors, one of their neighbors, one of their parents, friends kind of took them under their wing and helped to develop that child's, first of all, their hope that they could be more exactly than what they were seeing. They were modeled a different world, a possibility of going to college right. where it was not mentioned in their family. But this person said, oh, yeah, you got to go to college. They right. had some outside influence that changed the course of their lives. Right. And that's what we're trying to do with pencil. Right. And I think that's the beautiful thing is I got to meet a student at Glencliff High School a couple of years ago who was a new American, recent immigrant to this country. And she said, you know, I knew I wanted to be a physician, but no one in my family could help me understand how that was possible. And now because Meharry Medical School partnered with her high school Someone was right there outlining to her a path of how she could become a physician. And so she stood so proud and so tall and said, I'm going to be a pediatrician someday. And you could see she believed it and she was going to make it happen. That's fantastic. So it's those little engagements that can mean the world to a student. Do you have a way to follow up with those kids? Or like if you become a mentor, I guess you could watch them on Facebook because or Instagram because that's where most of them post a lot of their lives you could see I took my entrance exams today things like that but do you have statistics that you guys keep up with or you just kind of get everybody hooked up and let them do their work right unfortunately because of student privacy then we don't have access to that data so MMPS tracks some of that data Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're always working collaboratively to figure out how can we continue to track that Mm -hmm. You know, and we have stories here and there where former students are now the business professional and they are the ones managing their company's partnership with Pencil and with Metro Schools. And that's always beautiful. So we know those stories happen, 
but we don't have large scale data to back all of that up in the way we would like. But we see it in action. We do. Okay. If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus. We're talking today with Angie Adams, the CEO of Pencil. Why the name Pencil? Uh, I'm so glad you asked that. Pencil is an acronym that stands for Public Education Needs Community Involvement and Leadership. And that means you and I and all of our neighbors are engaged in some way supporting our public school system. I think there are possibly a lot of people listening who feel like I'm really not outstanding at anything. (laughs) I'm just getting up and going to my work and going home. Are there skills or personalities that might be suited to mentoring a child, to helping one-on-one, whether it's virtual or in person, that maybe they don't even recognize in themselves? Yes, I will definitely say that. And I will say I think there's a difference between really wanting a one-to-one relationship with a student or wanting to really speak to a classroom. Oh, um, Something you might not think about because you are an interview pro, but if you're a high school student, it is so intimidating to think about going to that first job interview mm-hmm. or to think about a college application. And so just to say to someone, you know, I'm going to sit and talk with you for 30 minutes and I'm going to ask you questions you might get during a job interview. Oh, then suddenly you're using a skill that you didn't even think you had or thought was valuable. But you have a life skill that this 16, 17 year old doesn't have yet. Yeah, Um, I will say it's very difficult to find anyone other than a college student who's comfortable tutoring algebra. So if you can crack that code and reach out to all the algebra geniuses in the world, we have lots of opportunity for (laughs) one-to-one tutoring on algebra. Wow. And do they take adults? (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's really, I don't mean to laugh at that, but that's funny. That's real. We need people to tutor algebra and everybody's like, no. Right. (laughs) You know, college students, great. They love it. But everybody else is like, what about elementary school reading? I can totally do that. And that's great. Not higher than third grade, but I can do that. What are other areas where we might be able to help? Okay, so for example, as you said, I do interviews, so I could interview them. Right. Let them get used to it. Let them start thinking out their strategies, basically. Well, here's what... Here's what an employer might want to hear. Here's what exactly. an employer needs to know. Right. Okay, so I could do that. So what are other jobs people might have that they don't realize could translate into using that for a kid, for a child? You know, even something as simple as I'm a banker. Okay, well, that's great. What does that mean? And what information do you know about personal finance that I need to know? Because I realize even as a young person that financial decisions at 17, 18, 19 have an impact when I'm 30 and 40. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about personal finance. How do you get a mortgage? What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. I get a car loan. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? When I get to college and I start getting hit up for all these interest-free cards, what does that mean? Right. Things like that. So I do think we all, as working adults, we all have these skills and talents that a high school teacher can plug you in Or what we're learning is that middle school students are really in intense career exploration. So just to have three or four working adults come in and talk to middle school students about Mm -hmm. what is their job Mm -hmm. and what does that mean really prompts them to think about what are they good at? What are they interested in? My husband's a musician. But I don't know if I'd recommend somebody. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. (laughs) But you know how interesting for them to hear from a professional musician, like, how do you make a living? What does that mean? Yeah. 
because it is a completely different from a nine to five job. Right. Completely different. Right. You have to market your skills in a different way and and prepare in a different way. Right. Well, that is good. Okay, well, so now I think you're roping us both in. That's, <laughs> you're, you're very, very good at this, Angie. Well, and I'll say, too, and if you're a wallflower, been there, done that, then come to our teacher supply store with your book club or your congregation and think about, like, helping us sort supplies that are donated. Yeah. And making kits for classrooms or putting together a book bag for mm-hmm. a student. Oh. So something for everyone. I think we've got some road trips for my, my little family. Um, my stepson is a special needs adult. He's very uh, capable, but he would be able probably to teach someone something like that specifically. But he and he and my husband and I could get in there and sort things and load right. bags and boxes and things like that. We well, could totally do that. Or if you think about a teacher's classroom, whether it's elementary, middle or high, they all had great bulletin boards. Mm-hmm. So we now have equipment that a foundation provided to us called die cutting. So you can make shapes and package them and teachers can come and get states and they can get holidays and then they can use all of those things to make bulletin boards in their classroom. Oh my goodness. Okay, that's very good to know. Yes. How can we find out what opportunities are available, what opportunities are, what help is most in need and see where we can plug ourselves in? I will say that um, the way that we need volunteers does evolve and change based on what the school wants to focus on and what their needs are. Okay. And we're happy to evolve. And so our website is the best place to go at any point in time. And that's pencilforschools.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and go to our website and click volunteer. Um, or, you know, if volunteering is not your thing, but you have some excess cash, you can always donate. Um, and we have lots of events and opportunities to mix with other people who are passionate about public education. And so those event opportunities are always on our website as well. So that's pencilforschools.org. Like what types of events and how would it help me, for example, to mingle with other people who are passionate for schools? So it's interesting that you might be working in one aspect with a middle school, Mm -hmm. and then you're socializing with somebody from the construction industry who's working with the high school, and then suddenly it's something triggers, and you're like, wait, what if we did this thing together with elementary school kids? Wouldn't that be cool? I see. So I think it's just creating a community of like-minded people who can sort of get validation from each other and have creative ideas develop with one another. You're right, because some of the ideas you presented had not crossed my mind. Like, I could help teach kids to do job interviews. I've actually done that before for adults. Right. But I had not thought about doing that for 16, 17-year-olds. Right. But I can do that well. Right. Or even something like you, and you spoke to this earlier, there was a teacher in your past who meant a great deal to you. And so maybe teacher appreciation is where you want to engage. Certainly with all that's been in the news the past couple of years, we know teacher compensation isn't where we would like for it to be. Ours here is certainly increased, Mm -hmm. and that's great. But to think about just writing a thank you note to a teacher Taking a box of donuts and some coffee to a school on a day when there's an in-service, that's super meaningful that teachers know someone cared and someone respects my profession. So we also work with um, businesses and individuals who want to do that teacher appreciation work to plug them in where it's needed and meaningful. Teacher support. Exactly. We say we support our teachers and don't do a darn thing about it. (laughs) Right. So show up with some donuts, coffee and love. And it goes a long, long way. Or in my case, if you want to show me you love me, bring me a salad. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
but seriously, that is a very good idea. Right. Any other options that come to your mind? Oh, so teacher support, student support. Right. The way we like to think about it is student support and student celebration, teacher appreciation and family engagement. So back to the banker analogy, maybe your company works with financial literacy to think about sponsoring a family engagement night, particularly at elementary schools where they want family units to be together. Mm -hmm. You buy pizza for a grade and you talk about financial planning with the entire family. Oh, wow. How so, helpful would that be? Right, exactly. And think about college applications. I love it that one accounting firm in town always helps families fill out college financial aid forms with their students. Yeah. So again, like you think your skill as a money manager or an interviewer might not apply, but there are always ways to plug things in yes. and make a meaningful difference. Wow. And you said if we have extra money, just we could <laughs> throw that this way as well. <laughs> That's beautiful, yes. I loved how you said that. It's so like, <laughs> I will say that um, I think it's important for financial stability that we're around 40 more years and then some. So we've served MNPS for 40 years, and we want to serve 40 more. So yeah. we're working on building an endowment to make sure we are always here to recruit community resources to support our public schools. What is an endowment? What does that mean? What does that do? So an endowment really means like that's your sort of rainy day fund. You're socking money away like you would into your retirement fund. It's earning interest. Mm -hmm. You're only pulling the interest out over time. So it continues to grow and you continue to pull out more interest. So you have that financial stability to make sure that we always have staff members who can recruit and manage your engagement so it sustains itself exactly oh that's wonderful right if you're just joining us let me just say again i'm anna marie and this is focus this is a closer look at people places and things right here in our own community issues that need to be addressed and our guest today is angie adams the ceo of pencil uh, i believe it used to be called the pencil foundation or pencil box <laughs> yes. it had, had some different incarnations right but i love that you said that our needs are evolving our communities right. are evolving and that pencil yes has evolved and is willing to evolve and i believe that's truly why you've been around so long you said 40 years right 40 years and going strong yes <laughs> i'll follow you wherever you go <laughs> i like you <laughs> oh events yes yes thank you so you talked about uh community engagement like if is it like fundraisers things like that do you have those through the year yeah, so we have fundraising events two or three times a year. Mm -hmm. We have opportunities to increase your knowledge as a pencil partner. So let's say you've been engaged in elementary school, you and your company for several years, but you're interested in high school engagement. Mm -hmm. We have opportunities for you to learn from others who have been doing that work and to hear from our staff. Uh, we just have fun opportunities to come together and to celebrate the work we do and to hear from Dr. Battle and others within inside the school system mm -hmm. uh, to keep everyone motivated and make sure we understand that our focus is always supporting teachers and students and whatever their needs are. Mm -hmm. And you said, what, did, what were the issues you said with teachers? How, how are we doing teacher support? So we do teacher support in a couple of ways. So it's teacher appreciation. Um, so whether that's, you know, thank you notes, perks for in-service days. We do tote bags filled with supplies for the teacher's desk once a year. That's together for teachers. Oh. So a big teacher pep rally to get teachers motivated for the back-to-school season. And not feeling like they're rolling into the back-to-school season already underwater. Right, exactly. And that is prime shopping time at our free teacher resource center called the Pencil Box. 
one of our many names. Okay. Uh, so now it is the Dollar General Pencil Box. And so teachers can come and get supplies for their students in their classroom free of charge. So to have volunteers come and help teachers take advantage of those resources, pack them up, load them into their car, um, that's a great way to engage with us as well. Are those like a couple of times a year or a certain time of year? The Teacher Resource Center is open virtually Mm -hmm. year-round because, as you know, if a student walks into a classroom ready to take a test and doesn't have a pencil, it's not going to be a great day. So there is always a need for those supplies going into classrooms, which means that there are volunteer needs year-round. And you can find a link to sign up through our website or through Hands on Nashville's website. Oh, okay, good. Does pencil deal with needs of schools themselves, like painting projects, that sort of thing, or is that more of a hands-on Nashville type? No, we do those as well. So we think about the whole school needs. So whether that's, you know, a playground renovation project or whether that's proctors for state testing, we don't think about that because that's not sexy. But oftentimes teachers and schools need uh Uh, observers, just making sure that state testing goes well, Mm -hmm. Um, or if it's ongoing tutoring and mentoring support, um, a wide variety of needs from the one-time opportunity to the longer term. Oh, okay. Angie Adams, the CEO of Pencil, is with us today on Focus. Now, you mentioned earlier that you kind of have a hard time getting people to tutor algebra, except college students. Right. So if that's not my thing, and I want to help with something else, what would another project be that I could help with? Well, our greatest need right now, and we know it will continue for the next year, is a program called Accelerating Scholars, which is really focused on elementary literacy. So think first, second, and third graders. Mm -hmm. So beginning to read, the basics of reading, moving into chapter books. Um, So uh, Dr. Battle and her team have developed a program that's virtual tutoring. Mm -hmm. It's three sessions a week, 30 minutes a session. So you and the same student every time. And I've done this program before, so it's really great to build a relationship with this young person. Mm -hmm. And not only are you helping them tutor and gain mastery of words and literacy, but you're building a relationship and encouraging them about reading, encouraging them about learning. Um, And so that's a program where currently we have about 300 volunteers engaged Mm -hmm. and we're serving about 1,700 students. Mm -hmm. But our aspiration really is to serve more like 3,500 students oh, wow. with about seven or 800 volunteers. So we need a lot of people to do that. And, you know, the people I know who have done this work along with me have really enjoyed it. I think once you get in the habit of those 30-minute sessions three times a week, it's just not a big deal. It's part of your schedule. It mm-hmm. doesn't involve driving anywhere. True. Um, and you'd be surprised how adept these young people are with technology. And it oh. is... So cute to see a first or second grader, hold on, let me adjust my mic just a minute, or let me adjust my camera. (laughs) Um, So I think it's a wonderful life skill, too, that they're becoming so adept with technology um, and working on their literacy at the same time. I've also found that when you teach a student or an adult, even, I taught English as a second language, Mm. real life kind of bleeds in. Right. And you also get to teach them, like when they say, oh, you go, how was your day today? Right. And they're like, oh, it was hard because so-and-so, so-and-so. Exactly. You end up giving them another person right. from outside their their group to uplift them right. and encourage them. Exactly. And and make a positive difference in their life. Give, right. them, give them some 
outside feedback right that perhaps their parent is not able to or that they don't listen to because that's their parent their parents going, oh you're a beautiful right. boy and everybody right. loves you and <laughs> but you got somebody from outside going you're you're you know you got this right. you got this just you and know. to think about you know a teacher has a classroom of 20 or 25 first second or third graders mm-hmm. and not every student gets the individual attention that they want and deserve yeah. and so this is a wonderful opportunity to have them know they are incredibly important as an individual. Yes. So much so that you're stepping away from your world um, to be with them and to really encourage them and to talk about how is your day before yeah. we dive into reading today. Yeah. Oh, I'm so motivated by you. I just love you so much. <laughs> I think I probably asked you this last time you came in, like, but doesn't it make you be able to go to bed and sleep so well knowing Yes. What is going on with yes. students and that you're a part of that? Right. You know, I'll say I've worked in the nonprofit uh, sector in Nashville almost my entire career, but nothing has ever been as meaningful to me as this position um, to meet a student and to have that student articulate. I am who you see today because of a relationship I had with a pencil partner in middle school or high school, or because I remember my reading tutor, Mm -hmm. um, that's just a very powerful motivator. Mm -hmm. Um, And to think about not just those individual lives, but the 85,000 students who go to our classrooms and our buildings every day, and that we really do want to give them every resource they need to succeed because Mm -hmm. You know, as we age, I'm thinking about they're my future caregiver. They're my future banker. They're my future attorney. Yeah. And so I want them to be as intelligent and successful as they possibly can be because I'm going to need them in a few years. And they're going back into the school as a positive influence into their environment, even as a child. Right. Exactly. It's not just what you'll be someday, but it's what you are now. Right. Right. My husband... (laughs) Uh, he's he's so in trouble because he used to teach uh, elementary students ah. and he has that skill. He has that love. He has that love of seeing their eyes light up when they get something. Right. It's like, bing, you just see it all over their faces right. when they understand something or they grasp it for yes. the first time. So I'm, I'm afraid that he's sunk now because we're going to have to get <laughs> more involved. And I'm sorry that we haven't been. I think a lot of us feel like we just get up, go through my day. It's all right. I can do to get through my day. Right. But like you said, it's 30 minutes. Right. Three times a week. Right. Exactly. 30 minutes, three times a week. And just to see that little person's face light up when they mastered that word that they've been struggling with Mm -hmm. and that they can with fluency read an entire paragraph to you and then they can tell you what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, That is super exciting if you think about that. And so just to be a witness to that and encourage that young person is so motivating. What do people need to remember if they're thinking about doing this? Give us a little pep talk. Encourage us because I think a lot of us are maybe a little trepidatious about stepping into something new. I don't know if I'll be good at what if I'm not good at it. What if I get a kid and we don't seem to click? Give us some encouragement about that. Well, I will say that it is beautiful that our volunteers always end up saying, gosh, I got so much more from this experience than I think the student did. I feel guilty that I got so much more out of it. Um, And the students always say they gave me a reason to show up. They gave me a reason to believe in myself. And we do have staff members who are there to provide training, provide support, answer questions. So it's not as if we just plug you into the student and we walk away. 
we are there as your support structure to make sure that you are comfortable and you succeed and the student succeeds. Are there minimum requirements? Must you have graduated high school? What What are your minimum requirements for this? The minimum requirements are a very simplistic background check yes. because you are going to be engaging one-to-one with the student electronically. And I would not expect anything less. Right. Yes. So a minimal background check that happens online um, and then a commitment for eight to 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so just so that that student knows that there will be consistency and that you will show up three times a week for eight to 10 weeks while mm-hmm. they're mastering their literacy. Okay. Well, I'll be looking for some De La Vega names <laughs> soon on the volunteer page. Fabulous. I don't want to totally commit him, but I, I think when I tell him about this and let him hear this interview, I think he's going to realize that we need to be doing this. Excellent. Both of us need to be doing this. Well, and I will say that if you have uh, language skills, Mm -hmm. you mentioned English as a second language Mm -hmm. earlier. We love bilingual volunteers and our students love bilingual volunteers. Oh, well, here we go. (laughs) So definitely think about that. Well, Angie, uh, time for you to get out. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for the conversation. I'm just joking with you. I'm like, man, uh, now I just... I have to be honest, I kind of see like there's there's going to be more work ahead, but also more joy. Right. And, you know, the beautiful thing is there's always more work. There are always more students. But I will say the 20 and 30 year old working professionals who are now volunteering with us, they are incredibly motivated. Yeah. um, And they are great role models to put in front of our students as well. Are there certain ages that seem to be more likely to hop in there and do this? You know, it's interesting. We have everything from college students to retirees. We have some really phenomenal volunteers who are in their 70s and 80s who they have time, and this is a meaningful engagement to them in their retirement. And a lot of times kids don't have, I don't want to call a person who's in their 70s, they don't have to be a grandparent, but a lot of kids don't have that older positive influence in their lives. And I certainly hope that someone will say this of me when I'm in my 70s and 80s, but you have maturity and wisdom that a 25 and 30 year old simply doesn't have because they have less life experience. Yes. Bottom line. Um, So I think it's just beautiful to have those multi-generational interactions. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you do. Oh, you're welcome. And for helping children and and students in our, our metro schools as you do. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for the opportunity to talk about pencil in our work. You're welcome. Angie Adams, the CEO of Pencil. We're going to put the link to their webpage and more information on our Focus Facebook page. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.